1: Ladies and gentlemen, from WBEZ Chicago, this is NerdEt Recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Segel. An episode that depressing requires chocolate after watching, I think, so there's some brownies out there somewhere.
2: They're laced with Xanax, that might help.
0: that will (laughs) help. Thank Hello, you, thank and you. thank you for listening to Nerdat Recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Seigel. I am Greta Johnson here with Trisha Bobita and Peter Seigel. And that there's one thing that we want to let you know about how
1: this works, and Peter, I think you should explain it right off the top. There's a jingle.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> I've, you looked at me, and I responded with my usual blank expression yeah, of yeah, <laughs> ignorance. Yeah.
0: So, it's live, Peter.
2: So here we are, we're at Cards Against Humanity headquarters in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, we want to thank them, Cards Against Humanity. We want to thank our friends at Pipeworks Brewing Company for a free beer.
1: Free beer? And we want to thank
2: all the fabulous nerds who came out.
0: Beautiful uh, braving nerds. the
2: rain and ignoring the uh, hockey playoffs.
0: Yeah, do you do you guys need like score updates or something? We can Hubs have Joe are... back, conversely. Do you, no, do you... no. I love how much
2: they don't that's want to so know. Good. Do you need to? Do you need Oh well, that's a bridge too far. Oh, I am offended by that. Does anyone here need to know what hockey is? Does that <laughs> like... But we're here. This is very exciting. We're going to do our last podcast for the season five of Game of Thrones live in front of you. And as a special treat, uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast, I said something particularly. <laughs> Just man- that
0: one time. Just, Just the, the one once. Time.
2: <laughs> I said something particularly mansplaining. And we can't remember who it was, but one of these two. No, we ladies-
0: remember. It was Trisha.
2: Okay. <laughs> Trisha said, you know, what we really need is when you say something offensively repressive like that, <laughs> we should have like a patriarchy jingle.
1: And And now we
2: do. That was a great idea. So (laughs) my friends, uh, Paul and Storm, uh, famous uh, comedy nerd singers, have created a series of patriarchy jingles. And what we have decided to do is is we're going to let the ladies invoke it when When they feel necessary.
1: You're kind of over explaining this, so let's hear one. Patriarchy jingle, please. If
2: Peter's opinion falls in the forest, does anybody give a shit? There you are.
1: So Peter, when warranted,
2: you'll hear a patriarchy jingle. And, and, and I literally asked for it. So You did. This was Peter's
0: idea in his defense of the patriarchy. In defense of Peter and the patriarchy, this was all his that idea. That is always
1: defending the patriarchy, guys. It's, it's kind true. of a problem because in our yes, podcast relationship. Yes.
2: I'm, I'm sexist, oppressive, and <laughs> mansplaining, but I feel vaguely bad about it.
0: <laughs> it's that Catholic guilt, right, Peter?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Do you even know me?
1: <laughs> I think we shall begin in Winterfell. Stannis, still the worst... And I'm going to argue totally not dead.
2: Totally Wait not
1: dead. Wait a minute. Dead. So we
2: need to get to this. Actually, it was, um, it was interesting. We were talking about this before the podcast. And Greta pointed out that with the exception of Mrs. Stannis, she's traditional. She took his name. <laughs> um, you actually don't know that anybody is dead. And I
0: have to thank my friend Jeff for pointing this out.
2: That at every moment, the, it cuts away before the final blow.
0: She's the only actual dead person right. we and see, other I said than, like, her, the throngs of I the then I
2: said end. to Greta, well, except for Jon Snow, but everybody's in no, denial no, no, about no, no, that. no, 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 no. And Greta said, he's not dead.
0: He's not. There's no way. But we'll get there. We'll start with Winterfell and move forward. I do want to point out the name of the episode, too, as we're going through this, which is Mother's Mercy. Right. Which I think mostly directly... Results or is related to Cersei.
2: Cersei. In King's Landing. But I
0: think it is an interesting title, especially for an episode that is not super maternal or warm, right? Or merciful for that. Yeah. This was pretty dire all around.
2: Yeah. And and I think we should also say, somebody came up to me and said, oh, do you think it was a good episode? And
0: No. Well.
2: (laughs) No. Well, and that was, Nerdette Recap's... Welcome guys.
1: It was really <laughs> great to
2: coming. have you. <laughs> it sucked. It was depressing. Ah, uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, the it's the worst. Ah. Uh. <laughs> no, what I was going to say obviously is that um uh it's not again an episode, it's the whole season and this is a chance and I imagine that's what we will do is figure out whether this whole season was any good, whether, whether there were good parts, bad parts because this sort of capped off everything. It certainly answered a lot of questions. For example, was Sansa finally going to do something?
0: Sansa Stark. Okay, reasons I was disappointed with this scene. I'm just going to talk about why I was disappointed in each and of these. And so we're, we're, just gonna, we're,
2: we're starting them with Winterfell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: As did the episode. Did it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> right?
1: With Stannis getting a bunch of bad news, like everybody had abandoned him and his wife was hanging from a tree.
2: Yeah.
0: Which I called, by the way. I I predicted
2: It was a little
1: creepy. Sometimes Greta has premonitions as we're watching the episode live together, and she... And
0: usually they're like completely unfounded, and they don't ever happen. But she was right. She said, Stansa's wife is dead,
1: and there she was. So, good
0: call. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Trisha Bovita. But yeah, Sansa Stark, why I was disappointed... And Stansa Stark, go on. ...when she dropped that northern shiv (laughs) after unlocking the door. Why did she not take that with her?
2: Hello, Peter here. Uh, You are about to notice a very strange thing, which is that the audio of Sansa's scene is just going to change (laughs) to audio of scenes in Bravos with no explanation. And the reason is, is when we were recording at Cards Against Humanity headquarters, we had a technical error and we lost a good part of the discussion. So what we're going to do is we're going to continue with this podcast right now, lots of good stuff to come, and in a special bonus episode, we will recreate that discussion and cover all those burning questions that you had about Sansa and her corkscrew. And I'm not using that as a euphemism.
1: I hated this episode so much, but I'm going to keep watching. (laughs) But I understand why people have a breaking point with this show. And for me, when we were watching it last night, that was almost it. It wasn't the other violence that was about character. It was, let's just gratuitously, really for no good reason, show some 9- to 11-year-old girls getting whipped with a switch. We did not need to see that on screen. That was not necessary to the plot. We already knew Trant was the worst.
2: Well? (laughs) (laughs) They were insusant little girls. No, um... Oh. Do we have
1: a different jingle that is more intense Can than... Just <laughs> pl-
2: I'll play the motherfucker one. I think that's what we need. We have that, you know. Nobody cares, but it never
1: really stops
2: him. Is Peter still
1: fucking talking? <laughs> um,
2: in the sense, first of all, uh, you don't actually... I, I was a little freaked out, too, and I, I noticed when I was re-watching, you don't actually see him hit them. It's all very skillfully done.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Peter. I can see I have my work cut out for me.
2: (laughs) And then, shortly after he does those things, he's blinded, stabbed, gagged, (laughs) and essentially tortured until he's killed. Have said that Game of Thrones uses violence toward women too much, but it's almost always used to indicate the absolute extreme of villainy. It's the, I mean the worst people are the are to use George R R Martin's word the rapers and the abusers of women. That's how we establish it in a world in which people are constantly killing each other in the course of their day. The worst people are the abusers of women, and either they loom above the show like these huge you know boss level villains like Ramsay. Or they're immediately and horribly murdered.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he did get his own. I will. I will give you that much. Yeah. At least. Do you know who I am?
2: I can't hear you.
1: You know who I am. I'm Arya Stark.
2: Do you know who you are? You're no one. You're nothing. I did. You guys? Can you guys explain, or in any way, Manicus? I just explain the the business with. The Jack and Hagar who is not Jack and Hagar, and he has all the faces, and it turns out to be Arya, and that's the last we see of that figure.
1: My understanding of it, having not read the books, is that I mean there is actual magic at play with that death cult, whatever it is, that they have things that they can do with the faces, right? Like Arya being able to put on a face, she's not ripping it off like a rubber mask, like Mission Impossible Seventeen. It's something a little <laughs> mystical and magical about the way she's able to use it. So it's unclear who actually died or if no one died or if, you know, he, he, he's clearly a force larger than any single figure in that world. But right. I think it's interesting that it's not the girl. The girl is now becoming his sort of right-hand gal, uh, stays the same all the time. We haven't seen her change yet, but we know that he can do that. Right.
2: So, the answer is no. You have no idea. Yeah, no, I have no idea. You can give me a
1: patriarchy jingle on Uh, me if you want. (laughs) Patriarchy (laughs) speaking. It's me. But it was my fault. Just just sub in. Do the copy editing symbol.
2: You know what I was thinking? I was watching the scene, and it's in that amazing, (laughs) I guess it's a CGI set of those enormous columns filled with shelves of faces. Going up to the ceiling. I did like
0: the shelves of faces. The shelves of
2: faces are awesome, and all I could think was, how do they get the high ones? <laughs> I mean, seriously, magic. It's like, it's like somebody comes in and says, "Oh, Jack and Hagar, I need. He's pretty tall. You need, I need like an Asian guy with a scar. It's the one way up there, and Jack ends like, oh shit. God. And he goes and he has to get the big ladder and he has to climb up and he's got like the pole with the hook in the end. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. Oh god, you needed you needed the high one. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right, Dorn. Can we Dorn. go to Dorn?
2: So something happened finally.
0: Something happened finally. So that could have happened in two scenes
1: in any episode of this whole season, and we could have had like eight more episodes of Bron singing, going, "Who cares where?" But the the Bron the storyline did not make it worth everything else I, that was I, happening.
2: I think we can say though, and this has been five seasons of a very intense, dialogue heavy, very written, well written TV show. I think we can say, what is the line? You, you want a nice girl, but you need a bad pussy is the single Artistry. stupidest think a thing. Good girl, a good girl. S- you need a good girl. You want a good girl, but you need a bad pussy yeah. is the single stupidest line uttered on this TV show. In five <laughs> yeah, seasons. Yeah, I
0: think so. Yeah, Trisha that's was like, pretty pissed about that, too, that's frankly.
2: That's 50 hours of dialogue-heavy television, and that's the winner. That's the single dumbest the line. The
0: dumbest line. I think. Well, it's indeed. not
2: even grammatically correct. <laughs> No, really, I wanted Stannis to pop up <laughs> and say, you know, I mean, I don't know how you'd correct the grammar. It just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, moving right along.
0: Well, and you know that Marcella and, and Jamie are doomed because they had such a nice moment. Yeah. I, I, yeah.
2: I, although that was so, the, the, the bathos of that scene. It was like, well, there's something I really should have told you oh, yeah. a long Ooh. time ago. was heavy
0: handed. It was, it was Oh, and then
2: I was like, oh, you don't need to tell me. Yeah. Oh, I already know. No,
0: I, I think, think I always knew that I am the it
2: subject of an happy. incestuous union, and I'm so happy.
0: And I'm glad. I'm glad that you're my father. I like yes. it. <laughs> I kind of like it. And really,
2: I was like, you're letting him off the hook. Yeah. Because I really, what I really wanted the scene to do is like, well, it turns out I'm your father. I fucked my sister. <laughs> And she's like,
0: dude, that's nasty.
2: Yeah, and she would have been like, and I really wanted her to go. You are fucking kidding me. That is, and just start screaming with heart. Yeah,
0: no, they're gonna hug and make up, and then she's gonna maybe die. Did you
2: guys expect her to, to to die? I was surprised. Do you
0: think she actually is dead though? I mean, that's another one.
2: She's dead. She's you think dead. She's
0: actually dead. She's dead.
2: All right, uh, ever, masala Marcella. Priscilla? Priscilla? She's dead.
0: Tristane has some antidote on it. No way. You don't think so? I don't think Tristane de- is think- smart enough to carry <laughs> antidotes.
2: I think, I think of the characters we've mentioned, she's dead. Stannis is dead. I think Stannis is dead. Uh, by the way, I also want to skip back, you know, when, they, when, what's her name? Brienne swings a sword and they cut that slam cut to Ramsay killing somebody. And then he's on the battlefield and there's the guy crawling away. Mm. Have we not watched enough TV to know, and movies, that if you're wounded on the battlefield, (laughs) just fucking lie there. Just do not
1: (laughs) crawl away when the enemy
2: is standing right there. I surrender. Just, Just, just... Th- just lie there and concentrate on rotting. Just do some rigor mortis, just whatever, you know. Try to attract flies. Be dead. Do not crawl away. Thank you. That was a public service announcement for Nerd Hat Recaps The wisdom of the ages wrapped up in the body of a short, bald game show host.
0: Uh, Trisha, I just need to read your notes for a second. No,
1: here. don't. Trisha takes beautiful notes. She really does. From this episode. I, I live type the episode as we watch it on a separate computer.
0: So, <laughs> this is so good. Oh okay, no. so this is from Dorn. No, it's nice. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, people can be complicated. We don't choose who we love. I know. I'm glad that you're my father. All caps hug. Nosebleed. Sand snake mom nosebleed she takes the antidote. No, but
2: you missed the important part which is at the top of the scene it's, it's like it says Doran, ugh! Uh,
0: <laughs> and then it says
2: weird long kiss poison lipstick. So you Question saw that I coming. Did, I called it. Yeah. So, I, 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 no, did, I did not see that coming. I yeah, that decided.
1: like was too oh, like no, Bond was, girl yeah. villain situation of like, oh, this is how they tried They're to kill that Castro. Exhausting. Yeah. yeah.
0: So okay, so we're good on Dorne. Yeah, we're, yep. good on we're Dorne. going there's to Marine. Nothing, and left to to Dorne. So there's nothing left to be So we have to say about. Dorne.
1: Dorne. Okay, <laughs> we have the clip of the dragon, which I know isn't exactly happening in Marine, but we're calling all of that Marine. So there's the dragon.
2: We have to go home. <sighs> it hurt we have to go home that was fair I thought the dragon was cute yeah, he was so tired and hurt
0: yeah.
2: it was like you have to take me back to marine <laughs> <laughs> not going
0: <laughs> somebody whoever, tweeted that whoever. question at us right
2: I think so. The yeah. Key. Whoever animated that scene, because it was all CJ animation, totally has it. The dog. dragon
0: is not real.
2: <laughs> the dragon is not real. It's like, it's like totally has a, Come on, we're going to go outside.
0: It's like the great
1: Dane puppy who doesn't want to get up. No. No, no. <laughs> I don't want to It fly was anymore. kind of cute. Yeah.
0: I did. I have to say, though, before that scene when Jora and Tyrion and Dario are standing around, they're like, oh my God, we have to go save Danny. It's like, why do you have to go save Danny? Like, what. About watching her fly away on that fucking dragon makes you think that you need to go help her. Like I'm pretty sure she's fine.
2: It's it's the patriarchy. Yeah, I mean we need we need a patriarchy jingle for Jorah and what's his face, uh, Daria. So annoying. Really? Why? I th-
0: I think if they had just put the scene with Danny and the dragon that won't fly first, it would have been a lot more fitting. Because then you're like, oh, she actually maybe is in some trouble. But otherwise, like, she flew off on her dragon. And like, left she you left all to them die. them in
2: this creepy... And how did... The, somebody asked me this before we started. How the hell did the rest of them get out?
0: Exactly. Like because they, they were right. still
2: surrounded by a number of Sons of the Harpy. Exactly. And was it like the Sons of the Harpy were like,
0: you know... Now that Danny's gone, we're... F- oh,
2: God, look at the time. You know... <laughs> We've got, we've got like a human sacrifice the other end of yeah. town. We're already 20 minutes late. You don't want to keep the victim we waiting. We have to we go to collect go. a
0: lot more gold to melt because yeah. we need more yeah. masks. I know. It's
2: like, but the last I told we saw. i he
0: could borrow my mask later. Yeah.
2: I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not feeling it, they say, and they leave. But anyway, they're out of the thing. But it was nice to see Grey Worm out of bed, his hospital bed.
0: Oh, God, Grey Worm. I know.
2: Grey Worm is back. That was lame. Why well, was it lame?
0: I don't know. I just that whole scene I thought was really like, yeah. I just found it tiresome.
2: Do you even like this TV show? She kind of seriously. You know, You're
0: like, fuck Dorne. I hate man. this. That's Kinda. tiresome. Trisha was the one who said, "Fuck Doran, Okay. You know,
2: you could just be yeah, watching Arrested Development over I, and over I do, again. Thank you. All right. I do.
0: Yeah. No, I stopped watching halfway through season four. I just caught up because we were going to do these recaps. That's, <laughs> that.
1: that <laughs> I gave up, okay? is a nerd confession <laughs> for the ages.
0: Amazing. So obviously, save that for the finale. Also,
1: I had to berate her into finishing watching because I hadn't watched it for several seasons and you were one of the people berating me about watching the show. I just hadn't started yet. I had, you know, I didn't have HBO and, you know, I finally caught up after painstaking binge watching, and then I was like, no, "And you're yeah, like, 'Yeah, I'm it. over it's it.' Cool. That's not acceptable. <laughs> we are watching it forever."
2: This is maybe a good place to mention this. Remember, I said last week, "Oh, well, you know, in the books, Danny just ends up sitting on a sand dune yeah. somewhere." That's more or less the ending. She's yep. sitting in a sand dune, and then a khalasar rides up, a bunch more uh, Dothraki, and that's it. And in that instance, and in many other instances, including more or less. Theon jumping off the, the castle but not knowing what happens after that. And in Jon Snow, we're going to get to that, we are now caught up exactly where all the books end. Although, as was pointed out to me, again, before the taping began, there's still some material, a lot of material, especially in the, the I think, the is it the fourth book? That uh, they can still go back to if they want to pick up there. But we, the, in terms of the major characters, we have gotten to where they were.
0: Are you okay?
2: I'm not. (laughs) Because that means that if we do this next season, I'll be sitting here with no uh, expertise, knowledge. Down here with the rest of us. I will have nothing. I will be be like the Wizard of Oz, pulled from behind the curtain. I'll have nothing. (laughs) I'll just be a little short bald guy again.
1: Speaking of little short
2: bald guys...
1: Varys just travels by what? By port key? By. I mean, he well, just. Well, yeah, no, that's me- not
2: really fair because he was on the way to Marine when Tyrion got kidnapped and got put in a boat and they got waylaid by true. all kinds of things, including uh, horrible grayscale lepers, zombies, yeah. and slavers. So there was enough time for Varys to get to But he there.
1: was just on the balcony, hadn't checked in, just, hello. I mean. <laughs> Hadn't checked in
2: to the hotel. (laughs) Had to get the key, put your bags away. Welcome Welcome to the Marine Marriott.
1: I mean, there's no security system in place to keep the person who's in charge now of Marine from just walking up to the balcony. Like, he just gets to come on in. Nobody there knows him.
2: I just want to say I haven't, I know it, but people don't notice you if you're bald. You're just, <laughs> you're not a threat.
0: So he's been there the entire time and we just didn't We, we should notice. go back That's and true. watch you more carefully. Him.
2: You didn't notice him because you're women and you don't pay attention uh, to bald guys. I think, yeah, yeah. plenty yeah. one, plenty yeah. one. old Peter this show to you. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> I was, they had a nice little reunion, though. I did miss you," says Tyrion. It was cute. And they really are setting us up in a very obvious way—in a way that's probably unique to this episode for what's going to happen next season, which is Tyrion trying to run Marine in an uneasy relationship with Meryn and uh, and Grey Worm, and that will be like a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Tyrion runs runs Marine. Tyrion, you did it again! (laughs) 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 Seriously, the Odd Couple. It's pretty odd. and you have uh and you have, you know, Tyrion who's kind of like who's a, who's the drunk smart ass. And you have Grey Worm who's like the very stri- uh, yeah, totally straight laced yeah. guy who never smiles. And then you have the woman to roll her eyes at both of them. It'll be a hilarious <laughs> Sounds like a
0: structure that could work. Yeah. <laughs> so we did have questions from via the Twitters about why Daenerys dropped her ring.
2: Well obviously she's leaving a clue for those she assumes to be looking for her.
0: Yeah. Which next they question. Are, luckily. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's just go Thanks, let's Peter. just go next Thanks. location, actually. I think we yeah. can just go Thanks to King's Landing. King's Landing. Oh my gosh. Oh is okay. it weird to watch that scene with like other people in a room, guys? I feel like that would have yeah. been like you're eating uh, a turkey leg and all right. Th- th- this, is a,
2: <laughs> this is a little indicative that we showed the episode on a screen here before this podcast began. And a good third of our audience refused to watch it again. Yeah. yeah. And they were upset that we expected they might Shame. want to.
1: I voluntarily stood in the rain to bring Shame. you people turkey legs because I didn't want to watch that scene again.
0: Shame. 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 Shame,
1: Too bell. Much shame bell. There was a couple times, if you ever do feel the urge to rewatch this episode, really watch the nun's For face the, behind her with the shame bell because she
0: is smirking. She loves it. It is unsettling. I would also like to point out that we did get some D
2: in this scene. And I, I, I defy Greta, even your mother, to have enjoyed that.
0: You know, I, I haven't checked in with her yet, but I
2: <clears throat> You may remember <clears throat> you may that remember need context, yes. <laughs> way back, it must have been the th- second or third episode where the uh, I guess it was where the sparrows first showed up and they busted yeah. up the brothel.
1: The high septon, the
2: for- former, I guess, high yeah. septon, marched down the road naked, and uh, I said, "Keep your eye on that." Well, not that. Keep you know, <laughs> his eyes are up there, Greta, um, <laughs> uh, and because that is a foreshadowing, and I think to a certain extent, an inoculation of what was to come because they were implying that they do this to everybody not just attractive female actresses they and
1: did okay yeah that was them setting up the <laughs> fact that they wanted to do that scene yeah. Right.
2: yeah what was interesting to me was just in passing was the titties <laughs> no <are> just, um, <laughs> yeah. that when Cersei was confessing and I thought that the show has done a really good job of showing what like intense isolation and what kind of torture that is and how desperate you can become, yeah. which is relevant to all kinds of current events. And she's like, I will do anything to get out of here. Things I never thought I would do before I spent however long in here. But even then, she would not confess to her central crime and her central secret. Yeah. And it was really interesting because she absolutely denied that, even in her moment of absolute, what's the word? Vulnerability and desperation when she was confessing these things she had done, when she was abasing herself... No way. And her, the intensity of that was so, well, it was both impressive and also kind of true to life. I mean, it's like O.J. Simpson swearing he didn't kill anybody. At a certain point, you, once you've staken your life on a falsehood, it can become even more compelling than the truth is. And, and I thought the, that was interesting.
1: And that the person, the only person who she in that state maybe still has any affection for, those are the people who are hurt the most by that fact. Her right. son and her brother.
2: Yeah, and that's another way of reading it, which I didn't think of, and you're absolutely right. That, that those are the only
1: people she cares about. She's
2: protecting, at the time she thinks, her two surviving children, because as Ned says in the first episode, is if, as soon as anybody finds out who the kid's real parents are, they're dead. So, yeah, it was, it was an interesting thing. The and walk- all the
1: Emmys, can we just say, all the Emmys, give her an Oscar, give her she a Tony, really give I mean, her no, a... She-
2: That scene. She's always been very, very good. Yeah, you know,
0: I did. I was surprised to actually feel bad for her. I did.
2: Yeah. Again, like I said, they punish the hell out of people who deserve it and make you ask yourself, really? Is that what I wanted? It was really interesting to me the way they shot that scene. It went on forever.
0: Yeah, it did.
2: What was really interesting was, again, the way it was set up is she comes out and she looks across the city. And she sees the red keep in the distance. And so it's like, yes, that's how far it's going to be. And they do not imply that, then cut away to the end. They make you watch it. Apparently it took
1: three days to shoot.
2: Yeah. And we discussed this as like that is sometimes actually Lena Headley naked, sometimes a body double.
1: Yeah, because three Peter straight days it. of that crowd scene involving. Yeah, really. Yeah. And and then, but then the, the turn on a dime too, because just the watching her face through that scene as she starts to like she's keeping it together she starts to cry as soon as she gets past the people and is in just in front of the guards who she doesn't really see as people right she really starts to ugly cry and then she gets <laughs> inside and then the the quickness that she turns when she's in the arms yeah. of Franken Mountain is like, oh, she's back, and she this did not break her. This is going to make her even more terrifying. Yeah, that
0: look on her face was really scary. Yeah. You know? It was like, oh, this didn't actually break her at all. She's just going to be that much scarier.
2: Now. I have to say, I don't remember from the books how much follow-up they have on that, but it is interesting to me. I mean, I, I said a moment ago that it's unrealistic to expect a series of traumatic events to change people I think what I really meant was it's unrealistic to expect a series of traumatic events to change people for the better.
0: I think yeah. that it, oh, yeah.
2: would be, it would make a lot of sense just from a character psychological point of view if Cersei is even more twisted and weird and hateful and angry after this horrific thing than she was before, which Isn't is saying this
0: something. fun, guys? <clears throat>
2: yeah, yeah, it's the best.
0: Uh, okay, so the wall?
2: The, wall. the wall. Are we going this to the wall?
0: <sighs> okay, so we're going to... We're going to start with John and Sam. That felt to me like a very, like a Bye counseling Sam. session almost. Yeah. Like John, yeah. They were both talking about their feelings a lot, and Sam Glad said he got of some. Glad the the world is and... working out
1: for
2: someone. Yeah. It's a good line. That was, yeah. the, that was a good line. It was like, dude, bro, you got some. Hey. Good
1: on you. <laughs> that little good smirk on from on Sam. Him.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, did you guys, I was a little disappointed in our friend Sam for abandoning John. Because in the book, it's a change in the book. In the book, John orders Sam to leave because he wants him to become a maester. In obviously, as we saw in the TV show, it's Sam's idea, which is definitely a change. And it really shows a certain, I don't know, change in Sam. He was so blindly, puppy like loyal, and now he's like, hey, I got some. I'm going to get me some more.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think in Old Town. In Old Town. <laughs> I also think that us watching him fail miserably when he tried to fight is also just an indication that he realized that... He's, he can't protect John right. there which any he, more than he can protect himself or Gilly he or Little Sam. mentions. Yeah. He's no good to the fight that's going to come there. He's got to go learn some stuff about dragonglass.
2: Right. Somebody
1: needs to. and Even Stannis knew that, that there was a value in having some actual knowledge of history.
2: I had this... I don't know if any of you or anybody listening had this reaction, but the, the scene opens with John... Explaining just the camera just on him he's saying, and you know, he's talking about it, and then he raises his arms and the dead rose, and my God, there's so many of them, and my initial thinking was, oh John is giving the report to his superiors who will do something, and then the camera pulls back, and of course he's talking to Sam, and you realize he is the superior there's yeah. nobody above him to help to go to to plead with for more support to ask for reinforcements to you know he, there's no it's he's he's it, and in a weird way that made sam's Saying, "Oh, by the way, oh, that was really interesting to hear, John. I'm I'm really sad about the the zombies and uh, everybody <laughs> who was killed and uh, all the bad things. By the way, I'm leaving.
1: <laughs> Already packed.
2: And it really made his his request an, uh, almost like a more of a betrayal, I think, than I would have expected, because he he is as we now see, he has no friends once Sam leaves.
1: And Sam, I mean, Sam would have just died too. I'm fine with Sam getting out of Dodge."
2: Yeah, they probably would have killed Sam, too, when they killed John. That's yeah, I true. I feel like
0: he can live out his potential better as a maester.
2: Right. But what about bro code? <laughs> Man says he saw your uncle at Hardo on the last full moon. He could be lying. Could be. There are ways to find out. Where is he? Over there. For the watch... Watch... For the watch... For the watch... For the watch...
0: The watch.
2: So here's the question, everybody. Wait. Well, first, I want to ask you this. Do you think that the, shall we say, mutiny, the reaction of the Black Brothers for the Watch was justified in their eyes, even though we know that John's the best? Do you think that the... Yeah, a little clap for John. Oh, wow. Do we think, do <laughs> we think that from their perspective it makes sense? No.
0: No, no they're dicks.
2: <laughs> yes. Anybody? Yes? yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this: Does anybody say yes who didn't read the book? <laughs> yeah. Ah, really? Yeah. Okay. Because in the books, John's behavior is—I mean, I think actually, George R. R. Martin—he has many, many skills. But one of the things he does in that section of the book is John is doing all these things that make sense to him, um, including bringing the wildings to the wall. His actions are more extreme. In various and complicated ways, but like one thing he does is he says, Okay, take these bodies, put them in cells, and watch them because I want to see if they come to life. And you realize that from someone who hasn't seen what John has seen, that sounds crazy. crazy. Mm-hmm. So when it happens in the book, and the same thing happens in the book, and that's how we find John's stories ending at the end of the fifth book, he's like, Yeah, I can see how he screwed that up. He really acted in a way that was totally crazy and alienating to his crew and probably made them think their lives were in danger by his actions.
0: There was this moment too when I was watching the blood grow in the snow yeah. behind John where I thought, but he can't possibly be dead because he's the best one. And yeah. then I was like, oh shit.
2: <laughs> but remember he's what happened the to best Ned Stark. One. The, yeah, so that brings up to the second question. And this is the question that has been obsessing readers of the books for the last three years is John Snow dead? No. No. Does anybody have any evidence as opposed to they really don't want him to be dead?
0: I I have a reason. Melisandre. It's Melisandre,
2: Melisandre,
1: Melisandre thing. Like
0: you. that is so awkward for her to have just shown up otherwise. Yeah. We know she has powers. I cou- you could argue that she knew all along that Jon was really the one who is the He's rightful the heir to the prince throne. prince of prophecy. And that's why she tried to do him. <laughs> and so obviously she would show up at this really convenient time to bring him back from the dead.
2: Well, I will say this. I have been wondering, since they had the scene with the Brotherhood Without Banners and Beric Dondarrion and his resurrection, why they bothered with that bit if they weren't going to do the Lady Stoneheart stuff, which we talked about last time. And they didn't do that. So, why has that promise of resurrection been sitting around for two and a half seasons if this is, I mean, if they're not going to pay it off? And it seems as if they might pay it off with good old John.
1: And tell me this because I went down an internet rabbit hole last night to make sure that John isn't dead. In the book, the last thing he says is ghost. Oh. So he can hop over into his dire wolf, hop over (laughs) and just like be a wolf for a while, like anamorph style (laughs) and then let the red woman do her thing. And then it's like, it's all good. It's all good. This is my really well-informed internet
2: theory. (laughs) I can
0: tell you put a lot into that. Wow. Can we hear like how many people here think that Jon Snow is legitimately actually dead?
2: Wow, okay, we've got a couple we've got a very Thank few. you for
0: being audacious It's, it's very
2: interesting I mean, because I, I I kind of stand with those people It's very hard for me to Even though George R. R. Martin has done two things A, he has shown that he will kill off anybody whenever he wants And secondly, he, as I described, especially in the book And also in the TV show, justified the death So that it makes sense from a narrative point of view
0: Yeah, but John Snow
2: That's the other argument Basically, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, you, you have a narrative Which really has shown it's itself dark yeah, but Ned Stark. We like him. Yeah, but the story
0: is about the Stark children, right? Like well, the main character. thought
2: characters... the story was about Ned Stark? There are other Stark children <laughs> still really out there. Who
0: thought the story was about Ned Stark, though? Really?
2: I Everybody think. did. Everybody I mean, did. It's Sean only Bean. Only two episodes. When does Sean Bean die unexpectedly? Come now. <laughs> <laughs> Word being unexpected in, game in, everything. Of <laughs> in everything, but that's another story. So no, I mean basically the only reason, the only reason to think that Jon Snow is still alive is because everybody wants him to be alive, and also and everybody. Also it's really
0: fucking awkward that what's her face is there if she's not going to be. Used. I, can I
2: give? Can I, I don't know the name of the actress playing Melisandre, but her look on her face when she came back, and they're like, "What? What happened to Stannis? And where's Shireen?" And she's like. She totally did a yeah, shrug wah, emoji wah. at them. She's like, well, "Yeah, yeah well, you know, thing. I just, I just need a moment." <laughs> and I thought that was, I thought that was some nice face acting, as we say in the business. Uh, but anyway, moving on. So Jon Snow may or may not be alive, and there's all kinds of internet speculation. Because on the one hand, Kit Harington, the actor, said, "Nope, I'm dead. I ain't coming back." On the other hand, there were news stories that said that the actor Kit Harington was given a huge raise for season six. That's next and, season. Yeah. So, and and we just don't know. They could be playing with their heads. He he also it was interesting. He talked about getting what is now called the Tony Soprano walk. <laughs> and the Tony Soprano walk is when the producers of the show come over to you and say, "Kit, come here," and you walk away, and they tell you you're about to die. That's what's now called the Tony Soprano walk. Mm. I love that. That the, the HBO Tony Soprano wants to be
0: such an interesting place to work.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, they. Well,
0: Trisha made me watch the little producers cut yeah. thing after the yeah. episode,
2: inside the episode. Yeah. Where they never say anything.
0: Well, they Not did say, they say that nothing. he was dead. They were like, "Yeah, here's where Jon Snow dies," but. Dying in a world where
1: resurrection through right, magic I mean, is possible. You know,
0: I still don't think he's dead, but I just felt like I should point out. I mean, it's TV; they do whatever they want. Right. There's magic in this world. I, Nobody's for example, dead for
2: sure. I, for example, gave up on aliens <laughs> after the second movie. So Newt is still alive, and she's doing really well. That's what I, in my world. She's great. She and Sigourney Weaver and Ripley are still, still in touch. They talk every day. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to keep going?
0: With yep. That? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. No
2: autopsy on my new- None.
1: Didn't happen.
0: for recommendations, I believe. Tons I recommendations. do. recommendations. So,
1: <laughs> so really quickly, we've kind of been doing this the whole episode. We've been giving some predictions. So my predictions, just to round up, are uh, Stannis not dead, Jon Snow not dead. I just, you know, I just, a lot of people not dead. My prediction's not so much death as we think
2: Yeah. from this. I will say, I think I've said before, I don't like making predictions when I don't have any inside knowledge to make me seem smarter than I are.
0: Wait. M <laughs> said Stannis. Wow. I can't but, believe you just did that I
2: know but uh, I just uh, it makes me scared but I, I think Stannis is dead because his narrative has come to a very uh, a satisfactory end he, his arc is finished there's really nothing more for him to do I, uh, this is a famous story among nerds I'm sure you don't need to know it but should we
0: play a jingle before he tells the story just really
2: quick one more jingle gen- we, we've we played them all now haven't we
0: yeah but I mean you know, pick your favorite it, it can't hurt
2: if peter's opinion falls in the forest does anybody give a shit it's a good one that's a good one for this do you remember in uh, you've all heard this story that for the third star wars movie the third real star wars movie return Uh, of the jedi harrison ford (laughs) pleaded with george lucas to kill off han solo and his argument was there's nothing more for him to do and harrison ford was right you know, Han Solo had gone through that transformation that we talked about earlier. He'd found his heart and his loyalty. He had found love with Princess Leia. His journey was done. And so his death really would have been, in a weird way, satisfactory. Not in the way we think of real human beings. Like, I would never say to you, Tricia, oh, Tricia, you found love and success and, and, <laughs> and, and, and really fulfilled your potential. Now I, I shall kill student. you. I would say, you know, but in fictional stories... There's nothing left for him to do. There's nothing left for Stannis to do. The
0: storyline has concluded. Ended. It is concluded in has concluded in what ended. I think is a very
2: bitter, if satisfactory way. He has made his choices. He has paid his price. There's no reason. If I was the showrunner, there's no reason to keep that guy alive. What else does he have to do except sit around and say, man, did I fuck that up? <laughs> and that happens only in real life, not on TV shows. <laughs> so I don't think Stannis is alive. But go on.
0: Well, that was that was it. Those are my main predictions.
1: Reda, what do you think happens in season six? Or what do you want to happen in I season six? I think
0: Sansa is fine, Stannis is dead, Cersei is pissed, Jamie <laughs> is in trouble, <laughs> Dany is screwed, and Jon Snow is coming.
1: You just want a job writing the episode descriptions. I do. I am That's
0: exactly what they read yeah, like. What do the episode
2: descriptions say about this? Oh,
0: my God. Oh Jon my
2: God. Snow encounters a problem. You know, that's, they're always so... They're always so mild.
0: <laughs> I'm going to look a it up. Day.
2: Stannis has Stannis a, Stannis Stannis a
0: Stannis Stannis some day. difficulty. Oh, Stannis is a bad I'm day.
1: I'm going to look it up. There will I be no siege.
2: Brienne, I will say Brienne is standing around somewhere outside Winterfell, so I bet she hooks up uh, yeah. in, of course, the chivalric sense. Maybe she'll run Sansa. over
0: in time to catch Sansa
2: <laughs> when she jumps off. <laughs> I could see that could happen. <laughs> no, I, I really, I, I, have, so. I, I, I have no predictions other than the obvious. We'll see lots more of Tyrion and Marine. We'll see, obviously, what happens with Theon and Sansa. I think they're alive. Um, I don't think, I think it would be really disappointing if we, if we wait a year, a goddamn year, and we, the first scene, in the first episode, is they're all standing around the broken bodies of Sansa oh, and Theon.
1: I may really quit the show if that's
2: like, what why did they do
0: that? <laughs> that was pretty dumb. You guys, this IMDB, can I read this? Yeah, Please. this is the actual episode oh my God. description. Okay, Stannis marches. <laughs> Danny is surrounded by strangers. <laughs> Cersei seeks forgiveness. John is challenged.
2: The, f- the, I four, do the, want the six that, daggers in can his chest. That That's John? a challenge. <laughs> oh my God. All right, so predictions. But one of the things we wanted to do. And, and we will enlist our audience's help, is that Game of Thrones is now over for the year. Ten episodes, that's all we get every year. We're going to have to wait till next April for season six. And I think that as much as we all could, sitting around and talking about Game of Thrones for the remaining, whatever, eight, ten months is really sad. I'm not so, going to do that, Peter. What we're all going to do is the three of us are going to recommend things that you might enjoy, and I, by you I mean Game of Thrones fans, in the interim and then uh, later on uh, not very far along indeed we're going to ask you guys along with any questions you might have you want to discuss or points you want to make if you have any recommendations of things that your fellow Game of Thrones nerds might enjoy to, uh, based on their love of Game of Thrones to spend the time and expand the universe in the next ten months we will ask for your recommendations as well but all that said Tricia do you want to go with yours?
1: I just have one and it is the movie Jason and the Argonauts Which I remember from, I think, watching in middle school in a Greek mythology phase... Anybody else in the room gonna admit to having a Greek mythology phase? Sure, yeah, sure. And with my people. Obviously, I just you know, there's not many rooms I can like shout that in and get like that much positive this feedback. Is why it's really we made nice. At you guys. Uh, so that movie is fun because you know if you're missing the skeleton army of Game of Thrones, you get a very comical one in that film, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's campy in the way that a lot of the stuff we were playing as pre roll is when you look back on it, but it's also a fun telling of the tale of the golden fleece. And Jason, and all of that. Greta?
0: I am going to recommend a book because I don't watch movies True. and I read a lot of books. And I'm thinking, actually, this is a trilogy which also kind of fits into the whole Game of Thrones thing, right? Except there's supposed to be seven of those but anyway. His Dark Materials. The first book is called The Golden Compass. Yes. These are books for young readers but I guarantee you will like them even at your advanced ages. (laughs) (laughs) The Golden Compass is written by Philip Pullman and it's not they're very distinctly different storylines, obviously, from Game of Thrones. This is not really like a medieval story of who will take over the iron throne but there are some parallels the theology aspect mm-hmm. i think is really strong in the golden compass and in a way that is sort of similar to game of thrones and there are like creepy spirit animal things that are sort of like the dire wolves and also just the magic of the north i think yes. is really Alaskan. strong in the golden Camp- compass and yeah coming from alaska and
2: you know, love They're, they're arguably yes. better books than the Game of Thrones books. Yeah, they're, they're really excellent, beautiful. excellent books. One, one of the, the reasons, one of the reasons I love those books and completely uh, endorse your, your recommendation is Thanks, you remember, Peter. yes, Greta, <laughs> <laughs> I will allow it. Is that <laughs> we really wasted some of those patriarch Jingle yeah, before we got yeah, to that yeah, moment. We a no, is because you He's remember the whole, free now the whole deal the whole we deal, ran deal, out of our, deal, out of them, our mod. Whole, the whole ridiculously stupid thing about Harry Potter being satanic and like, you know, very conservative Christians saying like you can't read Harry yeah, Potter—his yeah. Dark Materials, the trilogy—is actually satanic. satanic. <laughs> it really is. God is the enemy, and Satan is the hero. And somebody once asked Philip Pullman, the author, about that. Like, why don't the people who were also upset about Harry Potter why don't they cotton on to the fact that your books are genuinely satanist? And he basically said something along the lines of the people who would be upset about that are too stupid to understand my books.
1: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. And then he dropped the mic and out. (laughs) It's really good.
2: I have two, well, technically three. I'm going to say three. Uh, (laughs) Very disparate recommendations. One is a TV show. I've mentioned it on this podcast before. It's Spartacus, which is known as Spartacus on stars, and you can watch it on Netflix. I think it's there now, if you're not a star subscriber. And there are certain things that hasn't come with Game of Thrones and certain things that does not. And the things, I will stress the things that does not. It is not nearly as well written or produced. It doesn't have the same seriousness of tone. There's not as many conversations about broad themes of civilization and humanity and politics. But (laughs) it has uh, three things that I think Games of Thrones watchers enjoy. First of all... Lots of gratuitous nudity. If you thought Game of Thrones had lots of racks and butts, oh, wait till you get a load of Spartacus. Um, (laughs) (laughs) An incredible amount of over-the-top violence. It's insane.
1: Really, (laughs) (laughs) more violence. So when they just went, no, if, if
2: you saw the movie 300 and you were like, I like this but I wish it had more computer-generated spurts of blood as people are bisected by sword than Spartacus (laughs) is for you. So if you like your fight scenes and you like your gratuitous nudity, this will absolutely tide you over to the next season of Game of Thrones. But it actually has something that makes it worthwhile more than just the gratuitous fights and nudity, which is like Game of Thrones, it is a show about a place and a time, in this case Rome, ancient Rome, where anybody will and can do anything they can get away with. We talked about that. One of the things that make Games of Thrones so interesting is there's is no rules, there's no laws other than the laws people make. So people can betray, can kill, can murder if they think that the people they're fighting will give them a chance to do it, and there's no punishment. Like Game of Thrones, it has a habit of killing off beloved characters, which keeps you on your toes. What's interesting about it is that they film one season with an actor in the lead who then tragically died of cancer, really quite... Well, not funny or interesting at all. What it means is is that what was supposed to be a multi-series event, really only the first season, in my view, was worth watching. So watch season one of Spartacus, and then things changed because they couldn't help it. The book recommendation, two books, actually, about... So four things. Yeah, man. Spartacus is a season, and then two books. That's three things. Uh, two, late. two books two books, about after 10 PM. Two, two books set in the medieval world, which uh, I really enjoyed reading, uh, and they're very readable. One is a fiction book called The Fool's Tale, by my old friend Nicole Gallant, really good, set in medieval Wales. Mm-hmm. It's a love triangle set in an interesting medieval time, when the politics were much like Game of Thrones, with some action, but mostly a lot of intrigue, and it's really quite good. And the last one is a book that no one else has ever, I've ever seen it mentioned. It's called The Galleys at Lepanto. And it is about... It's a nonfiction book. It is about one of the most important battle you've never heard of. It was a naval battle that happened, I think, in the 14th century between the forces of Venice, Europe, the Christian West, and the Ottoman East. And it happened at Lepanto. And it was a naval battle. So, no, it was later. It was 17th century. Cervantes fought in it. He was there. What? And it is a... Yeah, he was. <laughs> and uh, it's... I'm like it, how angry you are about that, Greg. I just don't believe <laughs> Of all the things I've read... About the real-life Middle Ages, it's the, this most like Game of Thrones. There are these characters, these nobles, these warriors, this incredible politics, betrayals, alliances, and it builds up to a huge battle between, depending on your point of view, the forces of good and the forces of evil. So it's really it's like a non-fiction Game of Thrones, and I really, I really liked it, and so I think people might enjoy that.
0: That reminds me of Wolf Hall too, which yeah. is a good one.
2: Yeah.
1: to thank. We do want to thank WBEZ and Joe Dessau and And Brad Brad Helm for making the show possible tonight. Andrew Edwards of Blue Police Box Music wrote our theme song. Paul and Storm wrote our patriarchy jingles. (laughs) The good people of Cards Against Humanity are letting us use this fabulous space that they have. Thank you to them. Thank you to Pipeworks for the free beer. Yay,
2: Pipeworks.
1: Thank you to Southern Pitch for braving the rain, coming out, and providing you all with turkey legs. So thank you,
0: everyone. And thanks to all of you for coming, guys. Yeah, thanks for this making it out here in the rain. Thank for listening, and
2: we really appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you all for coming and joining us at Nerdette Recaps, Game of Thrones with Spanish Peter Sagal. be
2: the worst, but you guys are the best. Aww.
1: Yay! Thanks, everybody! Get home safe! Go Hawks and stuff. Hey Peter, thank you too. Yes, oh god, been hilarious! Yes, and thanks, Peter.
2: Had, uh, the, the scary thing is, I've had so much more fun doing this with you than I do doing my other show. That <laughs> is actually terrifying. And I'm a little concerned. We're gonna about give my those jingles
1: choices. to your show, Steph. <laughs> yeah,
2: he's hoping. <laughs> no, well, thanks thank you again, you guys. Thank you guys for coming and thanks for listening. Have a good one.